0: Jason, I want you to close your eyes and imagine a world where Apple builds a server.
1: What if Johnny I built a server? It would be the most beautiful 1U rack server ever. It may be the most beautiful
0: 1U rack server. Let's make it out of aluminum, and it's in a data center where no one will see it.
1: (laughs) It's 20 max for 2020. I'm Jason Snell. This is number 18, XServe. So here we are in 2020, and Apple is shipping a rack-mountable version of the Mac Pro. This is just the latest chapter in a decades-long flirtation between Apple and the server closet. Now, that rack-mountable Mac Pro is a workstation and not a server. In fact, you can't buy it without a mouse and a keyboard. And Apple seems content to let individual users and dedicated third parties do the work of using Mac hardware as a server platform. Now, Macs as servers is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. I've only ever had my name on a single printed book, and it was called Providing Internet Services via Mac OS. Yes, everything you need to know about turning a Mac running classic Mac OS into a server. That was a thing that people did in the mid 90s. Uh, Anyway, from the mid 90s through the early 2000s, I had a series of classic Mac OS Macs running server software in my back closet. It's a web server. Email, FTP, databases. Here's to the crazy ones, I guess. But at its core, Apple is not a company that makes servers. It's not a company that speaks to an audience of IT people and network managers. It's always been a consumer hardware company through and through. That has never changed. But it hasn't stopped Apple from giving the server a go. In the 90s, Apple would rebadge PowerMax as Apple workgroup servers, Add in some extra hardware and software bundles. I started covering Apple in the mid-90s, and let me tell you, that particular version of Apple was extremely weird. This is going to be an ongoing theme in this series. Mid-90s Apple is really weird. It certainly generated one of the weirdest computers Apple ever made, the Apple Network Server, codenamed Shiner, which was not a Mac. It was a PowerPC-based server. It cost between eleven dollars and $15,000. And it ran IBM's version of Unix known as AIX, which you would need to buy separately for an additional $1,600. Yeah. Here's John Syracuse.
2: Yeah, that was before Mac OS X. So if you wanted to run a quote-unquote serious server of some kind, it had to run Unix, something that wasn't going to crash. It didn't have to be rebooted. But like, you need memory protection, right? You need all that modern stuff. And Apple didn't have it. Here's Shelley Brisbane, who covered Shiner
1: for Mac User Magazine.
3: IBM, they're involved in PowerPC, and they also made the AIX operating system on which Shiner was based. And so there was development at the IBM facility. And then there was a lot of PowerPC work going on in Austin, because that's where one of Motorola's offices was. And so Austin was kind of a nexus of hardware stuff to do with Apple and IBM in the nineties. And so Shiner was named for Shiner Beer, which comes from a little town ninety miles from Austin called Shiner, Texas. And that's how it got the name.
2: In my first job out of school, we got one of these computers. Apple gave it to us. I don't know why. Like we weren't we were a startup. We had five people. I guess they knew someone in Apple. That's how that's how much they were trying to get rid of these things. No one wanted to buy them. We got it and it's like, okay, well, what the hell do we do with this? And it wasn't it wasn't rack mountable, but it, and it wasn't a tower. It was like a small refrigerator, like a dorm fridge.
3: You know, that's about right. I'll buy that. I'll go with that because it didn't look like a lot of the Unix workstations that were contemporaneous. And obviously, it was a server. It had some hot swappable disks. Uh, it had server scale processing, but it was not a giant server. I mean, it was a work group server, and it was definitely intended for a small to medium office. Full of folks. And a I, I, mini fridge, that's perfect. And even the plastic of it and the color of it, it does sort of say mini fridge to me too.
2: It looked a little bit like a Dalek when it rolled around because it had this little skirt <laughs> where the wheels were. It had an LCD screen on the front and there was a command you could run from the Unix command line that would change the text on that screen. It was weird. And expensive and less familiar than the servers we were already renting in our data center. So it just stayed in our office as a curiosity that I played with.
3: I got to go to Ziff Davis Labs, which was across the street from our offices of MacUser. And I got to spend a couple of days putting the server through its paces and writing a review that basically says, this is not a Mac, but it's an Apple product. Hmm, I wonder how it's going to do.
2: Boy, what an ill-advised product. It was basically just selling a really funny looking IBM AX computer that everybody knew in their bones was not going to be supported for a very long time. So, I feel bad for everybody who bought one of these things, but boy, what a what a strange machine. If there ever was any kind of drawing like a, the envelope of Apple computers along different axes, you know, like size, weight, capacity, form factor, there's just so many things about this computer that are singular, right? Right down to the fact that it's not even running an Apple operating system. Such a weird thing.
1: Now, like most mid-90s Apple products, Shiner was killed off in 1997 as Apple wasn't in the midst of its near-death experience. Or, as Steve Jobs said a few years later, I wasn't here when Apple did a lot of those uh, earlier. I think there was really just one server exploration that they had. And, you know, I look at that as a a, a dream when, when, you know, Apple was in a coma. Uh, So... (laughs) Now, some context for that line. Steve Jobs said that while he was launching his own Apple servers again. This time, though, he said it would be a different story. So, Steve Jobs' return to Apple in 1997 planted the seed of Apple's next attempt to fit in a server rack. Now, next step. The operating system that would evolve into Mac OS X was based on Unix. So finally, the door was open for a Mac that was also a real live Unix-based server. And it took Apple almost no time to build its own server hardware to take advantage of that. It was OS X on a server. XServe. Pronounced like the letter, not the Roman numeral. OS X. Look, Apple did stuff like this back in 2002. Here's Andy Anatko. Apple was kind of going through growing pains at the time where they feel as "What if we're going to still be around in 10 years, if we really want to be a big computer company, what are we not doing that we should be doing? And just because server hardware is a really popular item that you're not making, it doesn't mean that you should be making it anyway. Here's Stephen Hackett. Uh, This
0: is an Apple of a different era, right? Now, if you want to run a server Mac, you just buy a Mac Mini. And kind of do it yourself. But there was a time starting in 2002 where Apple really wanted to be in the field with Oracle and and Dell and Compaq and all these other companies that were serving small and medium business and schools and government and things like that in the server environment.
2: XServe is a time in Apple's history of hardware and software where it seemed like Apple believed that it could do anything, right? You may think Apple trying to make a car, as it was rumored to have done, is is more representative of that. But these are things that actually shipped. Somewhere inside Apple, you can imagine someone had the idea that Apple should make servers. At various times, someone has had that notion. Uh, And this time, they had enough wherewithal to say... This is what servers are like these days. We can't just make like a desktop computer that's a tower and tell everybody it's a server. That's not what it's like. People have server racks. Let's make an actual rack mount server.
1: We think of the Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive era of Apple as a design heyday. Apple created so many interesting, clever, influential products during this era. The XServe was not one of those. It's most definitely the sign of a design team trying to figure out how to add some flair and creativity to a place, the server rack, that does not care about flair and creativity. You can always tell what drives a company. And I'm not talking about profits. Or I'm I'm talking about what gets everybody from the CEO all the way down excited and focused on, wow, this is exactly the sort of thing that I came to work at this company to make. And yeah, servers were never it.
2: People don't care about the beauty of the hardware that's in the data center. Apple made this XServe and... It looked like a beautiful Apple computer. What if Johnny I built a server? It would be the most beautiful 1U rack server ever. It may
0: be the most beautiful 1U rack server. Let's make it out of aluminum, and it's in a data center where no one will see it.
1: Mm -hmm. It's got lights. (laughs) It's got pretty lights on the front and the back. It does. It is the loudest Mac ever. Very noisy, especially the the G5 (laughs) variant. Okay, so the mid-90s were weird, but the early 2000s were an era where Apple was so excited by the prospect of Mac OS X's Unix underpinnings that it designed a rack-mountable Mac server with a 14-disc RAID system. If there's one word uh, that I would say describes our entrance into the server market, it is um, humble. We know we have a lot to learn, and uh, this is our first offering. Uh, We've listened to our customers a lot. And we think we got a pretty hot product, but we know that for everything we know, there's 10 things we don't know. So we're approaching, this, uh, we're approaching this very humbly. Despite Steve Jobs' enthusiasm, by the end of the decade, it was clear this was an area better served by other companies and not Apple. Now, over the decades, Apple has pretty consistently understood what the core of its business is. But at the fringes, it seems to get a little lost. Apple sees a niche market somewhere. It says, hey, we could do that. We can make something cooler and better and more cutting edge for that market. But it's never Apple's core business. It's never its focus. It gets distracted, and that's the end of it. It's because Apple's core business is selling consumer hardware. Sure, some people are going to repurpose that hardware into servers. That's their business. It's not the same as Apple trying to play someone else's game. By making
2: a server. You can see the same pitch being made at every point in Apple's history of whatever the server tech of the day was, and Apple would just say, That's not really what we do. Like maybe if you're telling me this will be like something that'll be in an office, you know, like an office server or something like that, but like a data center thing, like a rack mount data center type server, that's not really what we do. I know we have a Unix, but we don't make machines like that. And it really doesn't play to a lot of Apple's strengths. I would imagine
0: that when Apple did this, there were definitely people who were excited. Those people who who did live in a Mac OS X ecosystem who wanted something like this. I mean, I know when I was consulting for schools, a lot of my school customers had XSERVs to run mobile home folders or file management, all sorts of stuff. But the reality was it was really expensive, compared to some other solutions and it wasn't super interoperable with other systems until pretty later in its life and i think you're totally right i think apple just they did it but they were never in love with the idea and you know they they kept the hardware going for a while we saw a g5 and a couple intel versions but it never really made a huge impact
2: in the market it is a beautiful product like i think it is a really nice one use server it's just no no one wants to run mac os 10 in a rack so no one had any reason to run these servers so they just end up being a beautifully designed curiosity
1: mac servers never died they're still all over the place operated by people who are more comfortable with mac os than the alternatives i've had a mac mini running as a server in my house since the first one arrived on the scene but the Xserve will always stand alone it's the only mac that was truly made for that equipment rack I'd ask for us to take a moment of silence to reflect on the meaning of the excerpt, but you wouldn't be able to hear yourself think over that fan noise. This has been 20 Max for 2020. It was written by me, Jason Snell. My thanks to Stephen Hackett, John Syracusa, Shelley Brisbane, and Andy Anotko brian hamilton contributed production help you can find this podcast at relay fm and the entire 20 max series is at sixcolors.com slash 20 max i'll be back next week with number 17